praise the lord praise the lord welcome you all in the wonderful matchless sweet name of our lord and our savior jesus christ for this morning worship i also bring greetings on behalf of our leadership to each and every one of you and your family and we wish all of you will god will keep you with a good health and the strength as he was with you in the past days and he will be with you even in the days to come and as you think of when we started our lockdown and we are almost finishing now in the end of the may that is about uh, more than 11 weeks but as if we are started and now we are in the we do not know how the days and the weeks pass by we thank god for his mercy and grace and before we go to the lord in prayer and uh, this week our uh, according to our bible reading schedule psalm 62 and 63 in psalm 62 i will read for you i think i can read the full chapter psalm 62 from verse 1 till 7 i will read it truly my soul silently wait for god from him comes my salvation he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense i shall not be greatly moved how long will you attack a man you shall be slain all of you like a leaning wall and a tottering fence they only consult a cast him down from his high position they delight in lies they bless with their mouth but they curse inwardly my soul waits silently for god alone for my expectations is from him he only is my rock my salvation and he is my defense i shall not be moved verse 7 in god is my salvation and my glory the rock of my strength and my refuge is in god and when it goes on to 11 and 12 i read it for you god has spoken once twice i have heard this that power belongs to god also to you o lord belongs mercy for you render to each one according to his work what do you understand from this song in this song he is telling about is most of the songs he has written by his experience when he was chased by his son uh, by his son or or the enemy the saw the other king 
But here, just a few things I will take it. 5 and 7. The psalm is the King David's declaration. What he declares about himself as he wait on him. He says, my soul waits on God. My expectation is from him. He is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. He is my glory. He is the rock of my strength. And he is my refuge. Finally, what God has declared, it is about him. All power belongs to him. Mercy belongs to him. Every man will be rewarded according to his work. As I usually used to say, to when we come to worship, we should know two things very importantly. Who is our God? And what is our situation? When we understand this very clearly, it is easy to worship God and to hear God's word. So in this psalm, I have chosen verse 7 as a promise of this week. Psalm 62 verse 7. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. The NLT translation says like this, My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy reach me. This is NLT. When we split this word, what we understand? In God is my salvation. What does it mean? This is his salvation, his safety, his anticipated deliverance was to come only from God. This should be our case also. When we apply it to ourselves, our victory or our salvation, our safety, and our anticipation, our deliverance is only from God. Secondly, he says about and my glory. What does it mean? That in which I glory or I boast. The source of all in me that is glorious or honorable. He gloried that there was such a God. He gloried that he was his God. That's what the psalmist says here. Thirdly, what did he say? The rock of my strength. The strong rock. The refuge that cannot be successfully assailed. Where I 
shall feel strong and secure. Or as it is written in the NLT, the rock where no enemy can reach me. That was his declaration and a lesson to us to learn from his experience. My refuge means that to which I may flee for safety. Even the same thing is written in Psalm 46 verse 1. God is my refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. So, time and again and repeatedly the same statement Psalm is telling. So, dear children of God, whatever your situation, whatever your situation, whatever you are going through, the difficulties or afflictions, let us understand that there is no one we will have safety. Our victory, our honor comes from God alone. God is our salvation. God is our strength. He is and should be our refuge. And no one can near us. Nothing will overcome us. He will guide us and he will guard us. He will protect us. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the wonderful time that you given to us to come to you as your children. As we have started this year and also the month of May, now we are at the end of the May, in the month of May, O oh Father. Lord, thank you for protecting us in the past days. Thank you for providing all our needs. Many of us, many of us from this congregation having so many difficulties and uh, pressures in all the way. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. But Lord, your mercy is endures forever and ever. Lord, it is full of your mercy and your grace. Lord, which sustains us. Even as you have spoken to us from this promise and the experience of the King David. Lord, we are in Christ and we have no doubt that you are our salvation. There is always safety in you, deliverance in you. Lord, my God, and there is always protection for all of us. We thank you for it. No enemy can near us. Lord, even now, as you are continually speaking to us through your word and encouraging us in week after week through your servants, continue to strengthen us. As the word says, we don't live by bread alone, O oh Father. We live by your word. Let your word remain in us forever. As we are going to hear your word, let your, as your anointing is upon your servants, Lord, give us also the attentive ear to hear your word and receive your word as you want us to be and let your word as it purpose in our life. 
in all things we will glorify you receiving your blessings through your word bless us to be a blessings to one another in the mighty wonderful name of our lord and our savior jesus christ we offer this prayer amen amen i greet you all in the name of jesus christ our savior and lord I want to welcome you on behalf of the church council to our service this afternoon. I strongly believe God has been with you. God is with you. God will be with you. This is probably our second month we are going to still under this lockdown. But we are not locked down in our spiritual lives. Hallelujah. We thank God for this day that he has made. It is a wonderful day. And I want to welcome you very, very, very warmly into the house of God to know that you are well secured under the canopy of his love, under the canopy of his mercy. Before we start today's service, I want us just to bow down and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless your holy name. You are our King. You are our Lord. My Father, as we listen to your word this afternoon, I strongly believe, Jehovah God, you have got a message for each one of us. As many as have come to you, longing to listen and to hear from your very, very table, to feed from your table, Lord, you shall not let them go back home empty-hearted. Father, let your mercies spread over every soul that hears us this afternoon. From wherever they are listening, Jehovah God, I hand them over to you. Holy Spirit, take charge. Holy Spirit, begin to minister to the lives of people. Begin to speak to the hearts of people. Father, melt our hearts this afternoon. Cause us to listen to you because you're our King and our Father. El Shaddai, we love you. El Shaddai, we adore you. From the youngest of us to the oldest of us, Lord, you have been merciful. Through this lockdown, your hand has been with us and we are grateful. May you be exalted, Lord. May you be glorified. Father, as we listen to your word this afternoon, we want to pray that your divine presence is going to be with us. Father, you shall unveil your word one after the other. You're going to open it up for us that we may come to the knowledge of the word of God in a powerful way. Father, reveal to us that which you have purposed in this very day. Let the awesome power of God be witnessed in our midst, in our lives. Set us free from every captivity. Anything that pulls us down this morning, any discouragement, we nullify it in the name of Jesus. Every word that has been spoken to us that is discouraging, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We come against it in the name of Jesus. 
We come against every forces of wickedness in the name of Jesus. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to take charge. Be merciful to us in Jesus' name. We have prayed. As I said, if you are fellowshipping with us for the very first time, if you are listening to this message from the Bread of Life for the first time, I want to say you are blessed. God bless you so much for coming to fellowship with us. I know he has got a purpose for your life in this day. Those of us who are regular uh, worshippers with us, God has not forgotten you either. He has something for you this afternoon that you may be blessed that this month of May is going to end on a high note. This month of May is going to be a month in which you shall have a turnaround in your life. Yes, after spending this many days in the solitude of your house, yes, with your family, it is time for there to be a turnaround in your spiritual life. And it shall be so in your life. In Jesus' name. I want us to turn to the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. The book of 2 Kings chapter 7. The book of 2 Kings chapter 7. We'll start from the first verse. We'll start from the verse 1. I'll be reading from the Amplified Version. And it says, Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, Tomorrow, about this time, Turn around and tell somebody next to you tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time. Tell your son tomorrow about this time. Tell your daughter tomorrow about this time. Tell your wife tomorrow about this time. Tell your husband tomorrow about this time. That is the word of God. Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Verse 2. Then the captain of on whose hand the king leaned answered, the man of God and said if the Lord make windows in heaven could this thing be but Elisha said you shall see it with your own eyes but you shall not eat of it you shall see it with your own eyes but you shall not eat of it verse 3 now four men 
who were lepers were at the gate, were at the entrance of the city's gate, and they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? This afternoon, I wish to share with you on the subject titled, Why do we sit here until we die? Why do we sit here until we die? Now, for you to appreciate the story that I've just read from the scripture here, this passage that I've just read from the scripture, you need to go back a bit and begin to realize that at this very moment, the children of Israel have been surrounded by a Syrian army. They have been surrounded. They cannot leave. They cannot come in. I think the people of Muscat, Dasait, Matra, have a better understanding of this. Cannot come in, cannot go out. I know people have left, people have come in, but the truth of the matter is any form of restriction of movement is not a welcome experience. In fact, the best punishment to give most people is just to keep them in one place. Don't shout, don't yell at them, just tell them you are restricted in this area. People become uncomfortable. People begin to find it difficult to move. And soon you begin to, to, to sense timbers flaring because people are uncomfortable. It's punishment enough. And this is the situation the children of Israel find themselves. It is a terrible mm -hmm. moment. Most of us have been through. See, we know back in our home countries, probably people are enduring these kind of conditions. And it's not easy. Now, I want us to begin to look at a few aspects of these verses. I repeated the word tomorrow. In such dark moments of our lives, in times when our faith is tested to the limit, in times when we have no alternative, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. God is still speaking. He has not forgotten about us. Last week we were listening to the message and we were hearing say and the week before Pastor Leslie was speaking to us we saw how it is how we can go through a lockdown as individuals Jonah was there he had his own experience. Noah was there. He had his own experience. Never mind the talk 
zeroed on the animals. Some they had just probably seen for the first time. They knew they existed, but they had just seen them for the first time. So the first few weeks it was exciting. Everybody would go walk around in the ark and look at the animals and come back. But after three weeks looking at the same, same, same animals, it becomes boring. But this is the situation in which Noah found himself in the lockdown. I am saying when the children of Israel were in this lockdown, this surge, God was still speaking. Are we able to identify the voice of God in such circumstances? Are we able to hear God speak to our situation in such circumstances? That is the major challenge that we need to be asking ourselves now. We need to be looking at that critically. So in verse 1, in the midst of the dark hours, God's word came forth. And he said, in 24 hours, I am about to turn your destiny. I am going to alter the history of your life from what it is now. I will make you a new man. God is speaking to you and to me in the midst of the lockdown, in the midst of the chaos that surround us. This is the perfect condition for him to begin to transform you into a new being. In that message we were asked to prepare that this was a moment of preparation for the time that is to be revealed in our lives. Whether we had that voice, I don't know. Whether we were paying attention, I don't know. But there is a reason why you are being reminded to some extent that that message was important for you and for me and for this hour. Tell somebody again, in 24 hours, in 24 hours, in 24 hours, I am about to turn your destiny. There are things that have remained stagnant in our lives for a very long time. But this time of lockdown must have made you to reflect over them. And God is saying, when this thing comes to a close, your life will never be the same again. Your life will have taken a new dimension. Your life will have been lifted up to new levels. Your life will no longer be the same. You will be a new man. Indeed, after this lockdown, many will question the source of your new blessings. Many who do not understand the workings of the Lord will be left with open mouths. Ah! How did it happen for this man? Is this the same person we have been seeing all through? Is this the same brother we have been looking at? What did you do? Jonah had never witnessed, had never had such a major crusade 
But after his lockdown, after his lockdown, though unpleasant, though unwelcoming, when he went to minister, the entire city of Nineveh was transformed because something had turned in his life. His perspective of God has changed. He had now come to understand his place in the work of the kingdom. When God is asking you to do something, it may look like a request, but it's an order. The order is meant for your good and not for his own good. God wants to bless you. The lockdown should not be a time for us to mourn and reflect over our miseries. Everybody's experiencing those pains. But as a child of God, what do you reap out of the pains? What do we walk out of this lockdown with? And as I said, many things will change today that want to listen to the word of God, to the voice of God in these moments. And many are going to wonder how your life has been transformed, how your life has changed in this moment. Because God has purposes to be so. But I, even I, the Lord, that never changes, has decided to change your life, to transform your life. How many are ready to dive into this glorious promise of God Almighty? How many will hold on to his hand and say, at your word, bid me to come? It was in time of crisis that Peter knew what to say. He said, if it is you, Lord, bid me to come. The Lord said, come. And in the midst of that storm, the faith of Peter for a while, for a moment, leaped to great heights. He walked on the water. As Abraham was telling us last week, share it with us. We are warned to talk about how he failed. He started sinking. But before he started sinking, he walked. Let's start from the beginning. He walked because the faith had been lifted through the crisis. His faith had been lifted to a new level. The problem with Peter was how to sustain that faith. That is where the problem began. He couldn't hold on to that faith long enough. Verse 2. When this message came from the law, most people heard about it. I am not sure whether the four lepers heard but one thing is very clear, the captain had. Now, the captain represents the traditionalists. These who believe there is only one way in which things must operate. 
So even through this resetting of operations, both in the spiritual and in the physical, they still believe things must go back to the way they used to work. No, sir. When God begins to transform, to change things, we must walk in sync with Him. We must begin to experience Him in the manner He has chosen to teach us. So there were two categories of people here. The captain represents the traditionalists. And as I've said, those who want things to operate in the way they have understood them before. They have reduced God Almighty to strict, predictable ways of doing things. But our God is a God of surprises. He's a God of surprises. The captain thought, rightly so, it is dry. Even if it were to rain, how long would it take for the food to grow? How will this happen? He did so with scorn in his heart. This is a clear distinction, difference between the expression, the reaction of the captain and the reaction of Mary. When the angel, when the voice, when the message of God came to Mary, yes, she had her fears, but she was just overwhelmed and wondering, how will this happen? Out of her reverence, a reverent heart. But for the captain, out of arrogance, he scorned at the Most High and wondered how the Most High could do it. How dare you question God's working? And as we say, God is about to do something in our lives out of this crisis. Maybe somebody somewhere in our midst is wondering, how can that happen? The economies are collapsed. The jobs are gone. The salaries are being cut. People are being dismissed. How will the Almighty God do this? But I want to take the position of Mary. Lord, I have never experienced such a thing before. How will it happen? And Jesus will say, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you will gain enough favor in the eyes of your employers. You will gain enough favor in the eyes of prospective employers. You will gain enough favor to meet all your needs according to my riches and glory. You will gain enough grace to walk in perfect health because you have stayed on me. You will gain enough favor from me to do that which you have desired to do. That is exploits. Because of your reverence. Hallelujah. That's the first set of people. 
captive represents. People who are doubting the word of God. They are looking at the circumstances and saying, this one is impossible. This one cannot work. But the Almighty who spoke his word and what we see today came into existence has said it. I shall do a new thing in your midst. Don't you perceive it? Don't you see it? I, even I, the Lord, has said, I will do a new thing in your life. Only believe. All things are possible if you only believe. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Mark 11, 23, 24. And whatsoever you say unto when you pray, believe that it has been done to you and it will be yours. If you have faith, small as a master, you will say to this mountain, get thee removed into the sea of forgetfulness and shall be moved. Every mountain of stagnation shall be removed. Because in this crisis moment, God has spoken. Every mountain of doubt is being swept out of my life in the name of Jesus. Every mountain of fear, Lord, sweep it out of my life in the name of Jesus. I want to believe you for everything. Hallelujah. Then there's the second group of people, verse 3. These guys had a life, a complicated life. Apart from the crisis facing everybody, no food to eat. Money was there, but there was no food. Apart from that crisis, their situation was complicated. Tell somebody, my situation is complicated. My situation is complicated. I cannot understand how the elements have conspired against me. How nature has conspired against me. Apart from the hunger, everybody else, I am also thrown out. I am not respected. I am not supposed to meet with anybody else. Discriminated against. Some of us find ourselves in such situations, similar situations. Despite the fact that things are tough, we seem to be targets, we seem to be pushed aside, left, right, center. And there is every possibility for us to sit back and pity ourselves. Revel in our pity. Because there are people who like celebrating being sympathized for. If you just tell them, Oh, this is very bad. Nobody suffers this way. They feel good. They feel noticed. 
they fail. This is good. They want to remain there so that everybody will come and tell them how bad their situation is. Not so for the sons of God. Job did not want that situation to be his portion. He refused. He refused. You can refuse this morning. You can say, this situation of mine shall be no more. Verse 3. The, the lepers, apart from experiencing similar struggles like everyone else, they had been locked out of the city. So even if there was some little food, they were not accessible to it. This was the situation. And as they sat at that gate, an idea came to one of them in the form of a question. And he asked, why do we sit here until we die? Another one said, yes, surely. Why do we sit here until we die? Die means die, die. I, I believe in Latin, die means die. I believe in Greek, die means die. I believe in Aramaic, die means die. Die, completely. I've not studied any of those languages, but die is die. They began to assess their options. They began to assess their options. They began to assess their options. There must come a time as a child of God. You sit down and begin to talk to yourself concerning the situation you are facing in the light of the word of God. The word of God has been declared. So as you assess your situation, reflect over the word of God. What does God declare in that moment? What has God spoken to the church, to you as an individual concerning that situation? Must you stay where you are until you die? Then they said, if we go back to the city, we shall die because of famine. If we just sit here, we shall die. So now, come, let us go over to the army of the Syrians, and if they spare us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. Death by hunger is painful. Death by sword is easy. Shall quick. I am not an advocate of euthanasia, but I am saying it is good to take a step. The devil would like you to believe but the high risks are there where God is directing you to go. But God has got better plans for you in that place. 
It is true. These are the people who want you to die of hunger. It is it's not true that they don't have swords. They have swords. The only thing, they didn't want to waste so much energy if hunger can work for them. So they can celebrate away from home as you die. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep threatening you, causing you to believe there's no hope despite the fact that God has spoken into your life that there is hope. He wants you to believe there's no hope so that you choose to die in your silence. But God is telling you, wake up and begin to do something. James says, faith without works is dead. I know the Bible also says, wait upon the Lord. But the waiting is active in faith, in prayer. Prayer and faith are active aspects of our waiting. So you must mix faith with action and God begins to work in our lives. There comes a time in life you must make a decision. But say enough is enough. I have had enough of this and I want to make my move. You cannot stay there for eternity wherever you are and believe things are going to change. You cannot stay where you are and believe something is going to change. You must exercise your faith in action and God will activate it. God wants to work in partnership with us to fulfill his written purpose for our lives. The captain did not want to do anything. In fact, he surrendered to his fate and died. Remember when he said, the man I spoke, even if heaven was to work, it will not work. I hope there is none of us who is making such utterances, but we are believing God for his word. That Peter said to Jesus, all night have I fished. There's nothing that I have picked from this sea. However, by your word, at your word, they cast the net. And soon he was summoning other fishermen. Please come and help. These nets are going to break. Come and help. God has got a clear plan for you and for me in the circumstances we are going through. And he's saying, I want you to take me at my word. I am here to bless you. I am here to show you mercy. I am here for my grace is abundant. It shall set you free from whatever you are going through. John chapter 9. A man born blind was sent to the pool to wash his eyes. 
Had he remained where he was, had he remained in the same place, I can tell you for sure, the eyes would have remained closed. His eyes will have remained closed. His eyes will have remained closed. John chapter 9. As he passed along, he noticed a man blind from his bath. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? The fact that you are where you are is not a reason enough for you to start looking for the cause. Hallelujah. Don't need to seek for somebody to blame for what you where you are. There's an opportunity for God's glory to be manifested. Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned, but he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed, or illustrated in him. We must work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on when no man can work. Verse 6, when he, he said this, he spat on the ground, made clay, mud, that is, with his saliva and spread it on the man's eyes. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which means sent. Go announce that the Ayah who was sent to redeem us has arrived. I am doing this miracle in your life so that the world will receive a clear witness. My hand is upon you. Something God is about to do in your life shall turn those people around you shall cause them to understand the hand of God is upon you. Will cause those that have despised you to understand that you are a child of God. Will cause those that you have never witnessed to, to begin to understand that God's hand is upon you. Woman with the issue of blood made a decision and acted and she was healed. Matthew 9.20 Matthew 9.20 And behold, a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garments. For she kept saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. Faith was present. She knew the word of God. That the word of God was there to heal Jesus Christ. If she decided to sit on the terraces and watch Jesus go by and believe that she's going to be she would have gone back home with the same problem. But she had to take a step of faith and begin to act on her faith. That step 
is the one that activates the word of God. Hallelujah. It activates his power in your life. We must not sit back and wait. But when God speaks to us that this time, though things are tough, I have spoken my word, act on my word, it shall be done. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. 38 years at the pool waiting, but Jesus stepped in. John 5, 7 onwards. This man for 38 years, waiting in the lockdown. We've been there for two months. The other one was there for 38 years. Jesus comes by, speaks the word to him, and the man becomes whole. Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, cried out loudly, and he received his sight. But Timaeus refused to be cowed down. He said, it is me who wants the miracle. You have your eyes. You can walk. You can do as you wish. I don't have eyes. It's my time to receive. Say, it is my time to receive. It is my time to receive. Hallelujah. Every time there has to be a decision to be made in our lives. These people are making decisions and God is ministering to them life. Number five, John chapter two, Cana of Galilee. They poured water in the jar and good wine came forth. They had the word of God in time of crisis. But when he told them, pour water, the water did not make sense to them. Thank God there was a woman of faith who told them, whatsoever he tells you, do. Whatsoever he tells you, do. They poured the water into the jars and as the, the water, in quotes, was tested, it was the best wine they had ever tested. Until the bridegroom said, Oh, what a terrible mistake I made. I took too much of that water. Now this is the real wine. But it was too late. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3, at the beautiful gate, the crippled man was in a lockdown, permanently fixed there, big current to sit in that place. As much as he wished to move, he couldn't permanent lockdown. But at the end of that lockdown, Jesus intervened. The Bible records the man intently, expectantly, looking at the eyes of John and Peter. And as they told him, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, Son of God, rise up and walk. And lifted him up. The act of holding the hand and lifting was an act of faith. It was an act of faith. Lifted him up and he received his healing. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We've talked of Peter. He walked on the water. To get a job, you must apply for one. In this time of crisis, you lose a job, you apply for another. Let's act. Let's not talk with people. Oh, it's difficult. And we sit back. Oh, it is impossible to sit back. No. Let us act along with everybody and know our Father is in control. The King of Kings is in control. The Lord of Glory is in control. He is taking charge of every situation. This, no matter the circumstances we are going through, He is still in the throne. He is still in the throne. He is still in the throne. And He will supply all our needs according to His riches in glory. Those of you who like football, you know, one of the leading footballers, Messi, is small bodied. If you read his history, they say he suffered a rare disease, could not grow bigger. So most clubs, though accepting his talent, they did not want to hire him. They left him. Then came Barcelona. Can you tell somebody, my time is coming. My time has come. When I shall be identified, my time for identification has come. My 38 years is gone. I'll be identified in that crowd. I'll be identified in that crowd. My time has come. Hallelujah. Moses, at the edge of the Red Sea, Pharaoh is coming. The sea is ahead of him. He's lost for words. And then suddenly the Lord speaks to him. Why are you crying? Pack the water with that rod. Wow. Didn't make sense. But he hit the water with his And there was a path. It parted. Is there something God is telling you to do and you're hesitating because it doesn't make sense to you? Stand up, take your bed and walk. Stand up, take your decision now and God will bless you. In Matthew 25, 15, we read about the talents. Each of those people was given a talent. Five, two, one. Two decided to act they decided to exercise their faith. And we know the master was not interested in the profit. He was interested in what he was going to give them. Those who multiplied, he gave them. 
responsibility. That one who was slothful, he went and hid it down. Also, it was taken away from him. If you don't take a decision, if you don't take a step of faith, you may remain where you are or even lose all that you have. It's an opportunity each one of us is getting in our lives to take. Two types of people, those who hear the, all of them had the word of God, some decided to die without realizing their God, their purpose in life because they lacked faith. Four men who did not have a reason to live exercised faith and God delivered them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we finish up, I want to say that sweet surprises. God has got sweet surprise for each one of us after this lockdown. God has got sweet surprise for us after this lockdown. Quickly, verse 5, the text that we are reading. So they arose in the tree light and went to the Syrian camp. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no man was there. Nobody to oppose them was there. They found everything bare for their taking. The fears that you have been having, God has already removed them. He has given you a table before your very enemies. He's filled your cup before your enemies. That is what he's doing. Verse 6, For the Lord had made the Syrian to hear a noise of chariots and horses, the noise of a great army. The head said to one another, The king of Israel has hired high time and Egyptian kings to come upon us. So the Syrians arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents. Your enemies will flee and leave you their loot. Everybody who has been against you will flee and leave you full. Hallelujah. Donkeys, even they come as it was and fled to their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothing and went and hid them in darkness. Then they entered another tent and carried from there also and went and hid. Oh, and, they, and you'll go to a third tent and you'll go to a fourth tent and you'll go to a fifth tent depending on what you want. If you are annoyed with the life that you have lived in the past, you will go to as many tents as you wish because God has opened doors, open heavens laid before you to claim everything that you have lost in the past. Multiply it several times. Shake it down. Shake it together. Overflowing, running over. Shall your blessings be. In the name of Jesus. How sweet it will be after this lockdown, the spiritual dimensions will rise. They will go up. As I finish up, two stories, quick ones. A man every morning walked with a dog out of his house. 
listening to this sometime back, walked with a dog. And this dog used to chase the neighbor's cat. Every morning, every morning they go. It was like it was excited to go and see. Now, something happened. One day, the cat refused to run. And as the dog came, charging at her, the cat moved the clothes and was ready to fight back. To fight back. And the dog just took a tangent and went completely. Never again to harass the cat. Never again. You cannot remain a fearful cat every time in the house of God. Everything that has stood in your path shall flee you because you have taken your stand, a decision to eat that which God has prepared for you, to partake of the blessings of God. From this morning, you are going to be, you are not going to be the tail, you will be the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath because that is the purpose of God. When God commanded the ocean that this is your boundary, it doesn't matter how how raging the ocean waves are, they will come raging. And when they reach the shore, they just and go back and go back and strategize again. They will never move the boundary because it was already marked by God. This is the boundary. God has already marked you as his own. No devil shall come to shake you. No devil will come to move you from your ground. We pray this morning, Satan, you have no right to terrorize the children of God. After this lockdown, there's going to be a mighty visitation that men will begin to experience a new walk with God. A new walk with God. We believe in this time. They have had time to sit with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to the close of this message this this afternoon, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because you have been with us. Thank you because your, your grace has abounded in our lives. We are grateful you have kept us. Father, let there be the light that is shining after this lockdown, a radiance that you shall be pleased with, fragrance from the house, the body of Christ, that you should, will be well pleasing in thy sight. Father, we thank you and we bless you. To everybody experiencing challenges during these, this lockdown, we believe, my Father, you've set the ground for them to begin to oil their faces, to walk proudly, knowing that their time, the end for their times have come. Yes, men of old looked at the books and they said, yes, according to the writing, the 70 years is done. Now it's time to go back to Jerusalem. Father, we thank you for the time has come that your children will go and rejoice wherever they are ending up after this lockdown. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall be in the house of the Lord forever and ever.
Amen. May God bless you so much. God bless you for listening. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.